Hi, this is Dan Corver, uh, pastor here at Dalton Hill Baptist Church. <clears throat> we're a small Baptist church located in Owasso, Oklahoma. We're small enough to know you, but we're big enough to serve you and for you to serve as well. Our vision is to rescue, restore, and return to service. Rescue a non-believer or a believer who has been hurt or is lost. Restoring them to Christ in fellowship with other believers with the desire that they in turn will help others along their way. How many of you find that the, uh, it's hard to surrender all? And how many times do you find that uh, you think you've surrendered it all and he shows you something else the next week? <laughs> and something else the next week. We've been going through a series on Paul a little bit, just looking mostly at his character and seeing uh, people around him. The, uh, if you remember the first week we did goads, basically how he came to know Christ and the goads that uh, the Holy Spirit used to prompt him to come to Christ. We also had the solitude. We were there, remember, three years in the Arabian Desert and then nine years basically on Antarsis before you really see him getting involved in the uh, church that we know of, written about. Uh, we also had the uh, independence and the dependence and then the interdependence we saw a couple of weeks ago. And we have that. Last week we saw a little bit on teamwork. We saw Barnabas was the great encourager and he was willing to play second fiddle. It's something that uh, you don't usually see a lot of people who are willing to play second fiddle. It runs into a lot of difficulty. We also saw the Aquila and Priscilla, and just the the ideal godly couple that they were, and they really, wherever they were at, whether it was in Rome, whether it was at Corinth, whether it was at Ephesus, they had churches meeting in their home uh, and willing to stand up for the correct doctrine and housing people. And so we saw that. Today I'd like to look, I've title, I read a book a number of years ago, I actually, actually spoke on this title about 20 years ago here, entitled, Francis Schaeffer wrote a book entitled No Little People, and one chapter he had it was dealing with no little people, I like to use that because when you're serving the Lord, the Lord, there is no little people, but there are a lot in Paul's life that we don't really give the credit to, but without those people, the ministry would have greatly been uh, affected. And in fact, any great service that's being done for the Lord today, you'll find there's a lot of people behind the scenes. I asked you before we, uh, when I was up here, how many of you would know who William Runyon is? He wrote the All right. He wrote the music, The Greatest I Faithfuls. How many times do we don't really realize how important the person is that writes the music, not just the words, but the music that go with it. And so often, if you don't have the right music to go with the words, it never becomes popular. And so we have people like that that can do the same thing. So I want to look a little bit about it. Uh, no little people. And we'll look at it since we're, we, we saw a little bit about them last week. But look over in Romans 16. If you want another one, how about uh, postal carriers? Since my wife's a postal carrier, I thought it might be good to write one on postal carriers. <clears throat> In Romans chapter 16, the uh, we saw it last week, but I want to look a little bit about it. Phoebe. In chapter 16, verse 1 and verse 2. I'll read it and then we'll talk a little bit about it. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is at Centuria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, that you help her in whatever manner she may have need of you, 
For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Now, the background, Phoebe is a uh, is not is not a Jewish name. It comes from Greek mythology, the name of Artemis, meaning the goddess of moon. So, in other words, she was not from a Christian background. But obviously she's come to know Christ, and her name means bright and radiant. That's what the name means. Obviously, talking about the goddess of the moon, you would think of that. But notice what it says. Uh, it's interesting. It says, our sister. She has a personal relationship with Paul and as a believer. And I think it's important. Paul never, whenever he writes about somebody, he never puts them down below him. Never second class. It's always equal. But it's interesting when you have it also, it uses the who is a servant. So notice she hasn't moved to Rome. She's at Rome for some type of business. And she's still a servant at this church, so obviously she'd be going back. Otherwise, it would have said who was a servant, who is a servant. So what, what happened in those days, a woman did not travel alone, but a woman of means would travel and have servants that would go with her. So apparently she's going to Rome on business of some sort. And by the way, if you go to the earlier chapter, Paul wrote Romans from Corinth. So who probably carried this letter to Rome when she went from Corinth to Rome? Now how do you think about it? The most doctrinal book in the entire Bible New Testament is Romans. Incredible book that's being written. How important is Scripture and how trustworthy of a person would you want to give that letter to? So you think about it. Here she is. She's carrying this. Notice it says servant. It's interesting whether it's in a, uh, a uh, technical term or not. It means it's where we get our word deacon from. And she was serving the church there. And whether she was an official office or unofficial, it doesn't matter. She was serving the church. But I think it's interesting, too, when you look at it, it the city is a seaport. It's nine miles to the east of Corinth. So if you're looking at Greece, it'd be the center and just off to the east. And that's where the city is at. And so notice what it says about her. It's interesting. It says, Receive her in a manner in the Lord in a manner worthy of saints. So you receive her in Rome, you need to receive her like you're receiving who? The Lord. Now you think about that. Do you think there might have been any prejudice at all going on at any of those places? You know, Rome, Greece, Asia Minor. You know, you think about the great empires. They all had great empires and so on. Do we have any difficulties in the world today with different ones? So you think about it, when people come into our midst, do we receive them as unto the Lord? If the Lord is, if they're a believer, the Lord's in their heart, we ought to be receiving them the same way. So it says, re- receive them in a worthy, and then notice why they're told to. Notice what it says, help her in whatever manner she may have need of you. Well, that's an opening statement in it. Well, she needs a place to stay. You're supposed to do what? 
She needs to know where to meet with certain individuals or whatever it might be. She needs resources to get home. She needs whatever she needs, you need to meet it. And notice the reason it says why. For she has helped many and has helped me as well. The word there for helper is actually the word patron or guardian. You stop and think about it, a patron or guardian is one who protects or provides for the needs of others out of your own resources. In fact, most of your painters of yesteryear, Michelangelo and all those, they had patron saints that basically would fund them while they then did the paintings. Wherever they would go, that's how they were done. So she was a patron of the church there and helped so many, including Paul. doesn't tell you when or how she helped Paul, and they needed our help. In fact... Uh, Jerry Lynn might be, find it interesting. She's called the patron saint of nursing. <laughs> How many realize that Phoebe, that's what uh, throughout history she's called the patron. We don't know obviously how she got that, but anyway, maybe she helped people nursing them or doing something along that line. But you stop and you think about it, they're supposed to receive her like unto Lord and serve her in anything she needed. Why? Because she served others and she carried the letter to the Romans. If she carried the letter to the Romans, were the Romans indebted to her? Yes. Very much so. Stop and think about it. So why don't you think about one that asks you this question, who has played a role in your life behind the scenes? You think about it. There's been so many people who have played roles in our lives that are behind the scenes, but how many times that we have we stopped and to thank them or make note of them? Have you ever uh, publicly recognized those individuals? And I think it's important for us to do that because I think a lot of times they get very discouraged. Am I doing anything of any worth? When you're doing things behind the scenes, does it really matter if I'm doing anything of any kind? Um, what about the cleaning of the church? How many of you even know who it is or even know that person's name? Okay. Yeah, you do because you write the check. <laughs> Have we ever thought about writing a note, setting it on the deal when they go to claim? You know, they'd probably die of a heart attack because the only time they ever hear anything would be what? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Let me just mention how do you know a, a, a man by the name of Wallace Pitts? He's been to this church. <coughs> Two of you know who he is. He's my brother-in-law. He's been a brick mason, commercial brick mason. He's been all over. He's the prison down in Oklahoma City. He, he was forming a bit, forming to build the Florida State Stadium. Done a lot of stuff, but he's never got any recognition or compliments. It's always ridicule. You're not getting the job done on time. You're you know, over budget. You're, you're over time getting it stuff done. And uh, he finally retired. And uh, he's taken a job working at a school in maintenance. He, and he is very good. The, the houses they have, he's built the houses. 
you know, he just took six months off and did all the work, the brick mason, the, the sheetrock, you know, does it all. So he's doing it. For the first time in his life, he's loving his job. Why? Because there's somebody in this church, in the school office, that goes and recognizes and thanks him for the good job that he does, whether it's a water repair, whether it's doing a yard, whether helping something. And he got hired because they saw him working on the school and how well he related to some of the kids when they would come, especially a handicapped individual. But he loves going to work today. Why? Because he's appreciated and one person tells him. What about you and I? Can we tell somebody and appreciate it? So think about it. Here you have this little one that you have, this postal carrier. You might have never thought about it, but the book of Romans, we use it all the time. How important was Phoebe in carrying that letter as well as the church that was there? The second one I think is interesting. Since we're in Romans, I wanted to turn you. Just go back, if you would, to chapter 15, and you find out Paul's philosophy. In verse 20, if you uh, verse chapter 15, I aspire to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, that I might not build upon another man's foundation. So Paul wants to go where the gospel hasn't been preached. That's why he hasn't been to Rome yet. Because there's a church at Rome, and so on. So you'll notice, he then, in verse 22 and 23, he's gone everywhere that he knows. In verse 24, he plans now to go to Spain. And while he's going to Spain, he's going to stop off at Rome. That's why he's writing the letter to Rome ahead of time. And why Phoebe is carrying the letter. What's taking Paul so long also, you'll notice in verse 26, if you remember in the book of Acts, there was a famine. And the Corinthian church, which is what you have in Macedonia and Achaia, which would be North Greece and South Greece, take up a collection. And they're now sending the money they were told they helped you out spiritually, now you can help them out physically with their need. So now they're taking the money down to Jerusalem, and afterward Paul plans to go to Rome. Now we know what happens, he's going to get arrested, and he will go to Rome, but not as a free person, never makes it to Spain. With that as a background, let's turn over then to Acts chapter 20. He's bringing the money. And notice in verse 4 who he's accompanied by. And uh, you will find these different names that are there. You have Aristarchus. And notice they come from Thessalonica. You'll notice Gaius is, comes from Derby. Timothy and Tychus and so on come from Asia. Whether it's uh, uh, Tychicus or Tychus it's hard to know exactly how to pronounce it notice he's representing his church so each church takes up a collection and is sending the money with Paul to Rome what type of person would you want to select to carry your money you're going from you think about it you're going from Greece down to Jerusalem you don't catch the nearest plane and you've been collecting it for well over a year. Each church collecting it. So you're talking about it. So you're going to send, each church selects a person to take their money and they all <coughs> go together. So you think about it. Tychicus or Tychicus is one representing his church. What type of person would you want him to be? 
trustworthy. Trustworthy. He's taking the money. Who's taking? Who's paying for all the expenses on the way down? You, know, you stop and you think about those things. If he's using church expenses, you know, you, but the money is going to Jerusalem. So you think about it, the reliability, of the, how reliable you want this person. But then you also have accountability among them, themselves and also protection. Because the more men that you have going, the better protection you have to carry the money. So you have this uh, Tychicus that's carrying this. So I want you to think about who you would select. It's the same thing. Why do we have two men always go back and collect the money and count the money? It's for their protection as well as ours. Anytime we do any of it, it's for accountability. That way nobody can accuse either one of them because no, 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 I was there. This is what happened. Accountability. But you want reliable people and people who have, are trustworthy. So you have that. So the, this happened in roughly 56, 57 AD. Four years later, let's look at the next time that Tychicus is mentioned. Look over in the book of Ephesians. And those of you the background of Ephesians, where, when was Ephesians written? By whom? And where was he at? Ephesians chapter 6. He's in prison. Paul's in prison in Rome. And he writes the prison epistles, often called that. What are the prison epistles? First imprisonment. Ephesians. Philippians. Colossians. Philemon. Okay, so Ephesians and Colossians would be Asia Minor. Philemon would be Asia Minor, and Philippians would be Greece. Okay, let's look at it then. Do you think about it? In chapter 16, this would be roughly four years later, chapter 6 and verse 21-22. But that you also may know my circumstances, how I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother, faithful minister in the Lord, will make every effort, everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose so that he that you will know about us and that he will comfort your heart. So he carried money for the church, but now what is he doing? He's carrying four letters. He dropped off the Philippian letter on the way, and now he's carrying this letter. Notice anything about Paul's personal thing. If you remember, Paul was on the uh, the arrest, if you remember in the book of Acts. He is under a house arrest and people can come and go freely to see him for two years. So Tychicus is now relating to them. He said, I need to put that in writing in Scripture. He'll tell you all about it. Now, I ask you, if you were wanting, you were in prison or your health or whatever, what type of person would you want to go and t tell them about your personal things, personal matters? How many of you know people that you don't want them because they aren't paying enough attention they wouldn't even know what's going on? So he's going to relate all that's going on with Paul. He's bringing the letter. Notice what also it says. You notice this, I've sent him to you that he will comfort your heart and he will encourage your heart. So he, a carrier of money, he's also a carrier of letters. Because the only people that could use the official Roman mail system was a Roman official or somebody of that nature. A letter that Paul had could not be taken by them. It had to be a personal delivery from someone. So you think about it. He's carrying this letter. And if you'll also notice, it says, uh, interesting, the beloved brother. He doesn't say my beloved. 
It doesn't say our beloved. In other words, it's recognized how. Everybody knows him that he is this way. A beloved brother. And I think it's interesting. It's also, you know, in a faithful ministry, it's interesting the word minister is that of the same word that you have for deacon. He's a faithful servant. Paul doesn't see him as he's superior to him. He is a faithful person doing these things. And you have it. If you go over to the book of Colossians, you'll find something else that's interesting. By the way, in 1 Corinthians 4, what did Paul write in 1 Corinthians 4? More was required of a steward to be found out. What? Faithful? Paul said, my two things I want to be noted for is a steward and a servant. And he's writing, this man is a servant. Under the inspiration. We look over in the book of Colossians. Book of Colossians in the last chapter. Notice he carried this letter also. Notice in verse 7, he makes a few changes. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, notice he changes the word from the beloved brother to what? Our. Our beloved brother, which means what church is he from? He's writing to the church at Colossae, and he says, our brother, so Tychicus has to be right from what church? He would be from the Colossi church. He's from Asia Minor. Remember it said in Acts he came from Asia. He now tells you where he's from. Notice he says the faithful servant, which he said before, but he adds one now, the fellow bondservant in the Lord. Do you realize Paul only wrote that about two individuals in all of Scripture? Besides himself, he never calls somebody a faithful bondservant except for twice in this book. Epaphras and Tychicus. Only two. He's calling him a faithful bondservant. Bondservant or bondslave is somebody who's been set free and is willingly choosing to be a slave for somebody else. A slave for Jesus Christ. So it's interesting he makes that statement. He'll bring you the information. He's going to add a little more. I've sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know about my circumstances. He encourage your hearts. And notice who's traveling with him. Onesimus. According to Philemon, who is Onesimus? He's a faithful brother, but Onesimus was a worthless slave that stole from Philemon and fled. He then goes, he's in Rome, and Paul leads him to Christ, and Paul now says, I, he, he's useful for me, but I will not require him. He, so he noticed then he's accompanying Tychicus or, or, or the other way around back then to Philemon to turn him in because Philemon has a choice because he could have him punished as a result even his life for being a runaway slave and stealing but think about it what type of person do you, would you want to carry your letters you know how would you like to accompany a guy do you think when they're getting closer and closer to Colossae do you think Onesimus uh, might have been a little bit apprehensive. Stop and you think about it. Carrier. It's interesting what you have. He's going to bring about this information. Who would you send to bring about your information? <coughs> Who would you send to carry your letters? You think about you're down in the, you know, when Glenn and uh, Jerry are down in the uh, African song and you send letters back to your mom, would you... Uh, 
Would you want it to be carried by somebody you, th you knew was going to get there? Or do you want to be sending letters? Or for sending money to you, would you like it being carried by a faithful person? And I'm sure you can say that there were times when that mail was open and things were gone out of it. You want a faithful person. That isn't the only thing else he does. You realize, look over in Titus. This was written after Paul was released. So this would have been written another four years later. Titus chapter 1. If you remember, Titus is in Crete. And notice it's interesting when you look at it. Titus chapter 3. Notice in verse 12. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. That would be up on, on Greece. He's freed. So what is he, if we don't know which one of the two he sent, but let's just assume for a minute he sent Tychicus. If he sends Tychicus to Crete, obviously he'd be carrying the letter, but what's he going to do if Titus leaves to go to be with Paul? Who's going to take, his, who's going to take Titus's place? Again, he's carrying a letter, and he is a possible replacement now, how would you like to replace somebody? Have you ever replaced anybody that, you know, Titus has only been the minister at Crete. Remember, he set the things in order at Crete. Now he's finding back in prison again, talking about Paul in 2 Timothy, the last letter he wrote. And this would have been a year or so later. Look over in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's writing to Timothy twice. He says in verse 9 and then in verse 21 of chapter 4, make every effort to come to me soon. Obviously Paul's about to die. Demas is left. Only Luke's with him. Notice in verse 12. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. Where is... That can be worded in uh, meaning that when you receive it, it's going to be this way. Timothy is at Ephesus. And Paul sends Tychicus or Tychicus to Ephesus. He's sitting there carrying the letter and he wants, notice he wants Timothy to leave to get to Rome. How faithful does this man, and how of us, if I asked you to tell me beforehand, could tell me anything about Tychicus, could you have said anything? You think about it, you're talking about over 10 years of his life, 15 years of his life. And what's he doing? He's carrying money. He's carrying letters. He's replacing people so they can temporarily come to Paul to see him. And how much recognition or applause does he get? But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, faithful minister, faithful servant, faithful bondservant, no greater descriptions. You think about it, you know, what would people be writing about you? That's why I said there are no little people. But if we didn't have people like that, how would these letters have got there? How would you and I have had the letters today if it wasn't for people doing it? We never really know. <clears throat> Let me just give you a story that happened this past week. And the uh, Ruthie works at a, in a, in a clinic, a real large, uh, quite well-known uh, uh, clinic for deal with horses and stuff. Manage, well, there's been a, you know, a, a vet tech there. The vet tech uh, had to get married and 
or didn't she was I got uh, pregnant out of wedlock when she was 18. The uh, guy left anyway, so now the little boy is six years old. Last year, she was engaged, and just before she they were to get married, the man, the husband or future husband, died in the car wreck. So Ruthie noticed that she's been very, very discouraged, very discouraged, and they'd had a friendship. There's a lot of them at the clinic. Anyway, she came to her six weeks ago, two months ago, whatever. Knocks on the door and says, can I talk to you? All right. So she comes in your office. Well, you know, how would you respond? She said, I, I really don't want to be a mom anymore. I don't like riding my horse anymore. I don't like jumping. I don't want anything to do with it. In fact, I'm thinking about suicide. Been contemplating. What are you going to tell me? <coughs> Ruthie was almost apologetic when she was telling Jean. She says, well, I probably should have said you need to go to church or whatever. She says, but I just felt led to, all right, I'll, the next week. She said, well, you do two things for me. She said, okay. She said, the next week, once a week, I want you to spend time with your, your, your little boy and you either go get ice cream or you go to the park or if you don't have any money, just sit at home and watch a movie and just spend time, just you and your son, once a week, the entire evening. So the second thing I want you to do is I want you to go out where your horse is boarded. Don't ride. Don't do any riding. Just spend time with your horse and just groom me. Nothing. Alright, I guess I can do that. Each week her continence got better. She came in this last week and uh, said that was the greatest advice she gave me. I've been back in church and I've rededicated my life to Christ. But when she rededicated her life, who do you think is getting the credit? Probably the minister up front, right? And how important was the person in the vet clinic? You and I are the little people in those vet clinics. What can we do to encourage you? So think about it. There are no little people. We'd love for you to come and visit with us and fellowship with us. We're located at 8263 North Owasso Expressway, which is on the east side of Highway 169 North, between 76th and 86th Street North. We have coffee and fellowship from 8.30 to 9 Sundays, followed by Sunday school for all ages from 9 to 9.45, and our Sunday morning worship service is from 10 to 11. We likewise have a Wednesday night service for all ages from 7 to 8. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all the time.